It's Tuesday, November 1st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The two candidates running in the special election to be president of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen want to make the city work for everyone. We get the calls every day about the potholes, about the trash. We've got to get that stuff right. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Littman will preview that race for Board of Aldermen president. People throughout the St. Louis region are remembering Jean Kuchka as a supportive mother and caring teacher. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports on the funeral mass for the teacher killed last week at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School. Hundreds of people gathered at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis to celebrate the life of Jean Kuchka. It was a somber mood. People held hands and quietly grieved as the 10-person choirs sang psalms and clergy quoted scriptures and spoke of Kuchka's legacy. The Reverend Leo Spezia of Most Sacred Heart Parish in Eureka spoke highly of Kuchka. For Jesus, teaching and service was a vocation. It was a calling. It was a mission. And so it was for Jean. Education was not a job for her. It was a calling. The 61-year-old mother of five had been with the St. Louis Public School District since 2002. Prior to that, she taught for 18 years at Seven Holy Founders Catholic School, also known as Holy Cross Academy in South St. Louis County. Her oldest son, Steve Kuchka Jr., told mourners his mother loved being a teacher. Mom believed every child is a unique human being and deserves a chance to learn. After decades of teaching, her son says she was looking forward to retiring. The selfless grandmother of six also wanted to continue volunteering with the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation to help find a cure for her son's diagnosis. The family will also remember Kuchka for loving Tom Petty, drinking Diet Coke, sipping margaritas, and going on trips with family and friends. The world is truly a better place because of Jean. She touched each and every one of us. And she has left us with memories we will cherish forever. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Fifteen-year-old Alexandria Bell was also killed in the school shooting. A public viewing and funeral for her will take place Saturday. In other news, another St. Louis area-based employer could be moving its headquarters out of the region. Emerson is selling its Ferguson campus as part of a deal to mostly offload its climate technologies unit to New York-based investment firm Blackstone. The company says it plans to, quote, undertake a comprehensive assessment of potential headquarters locations. Emerson will have a new three-year lease for the campus with an option to extend that by two more years. The company has about 1,300 workers at the current headquarters. Some of the corporate headquarters that have left St. Louis in recent years include Edgewell, Hardee's, and Scottrade. Congresswoman Ann Wagner says her GOP caucus can govern effectively if the party prevails in the midterm elections. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more from the Baldwin Republicans' appearance on Politically Speaking. Republicans are within striking distance of retaking the House. And if they do, Wagner's influence could expand, especially due to her seniority in the Financial Services and Foreign Affairs Committees. Even though House Republicans have wildly different views on issues, including military assistance for Ukraine, Wagner says her caucus can make an impact. I believe we can have a governing uh, majority that is going to do 
things like, first of all, stop the out-of-control spending. Wagner is squaring off against Democrat Trish Gunby on November 8th. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis County and city officials are marking bills today to spend pandemic relief money. County Executive Sam Page is signing a measure to put $11 million into demolishing vacant and abandoned properties. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones will highlight the passage of a bill calling for more than $10.5 million to go to the Regional Arts Commission. The American Rescue Plan Act funding should help that organization rebound following pandemic-related revenue losses. The two candidates in next week's special election for St. Louis Board of Aldermen president did not plan to run for a citywide office. But when Lewis Reed resigned in June after being indicted on federal corruption charges, both felt they could not let the opportunity slip away. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on the unexpected race for one of the most powerful positions in city government. Though 15th Ward Alderwoman Megan Green came within 1,600 votes of the ward presidency in 2019, she was content to sit out that race in 2023. But when news of the federal corruption scandal broke on June 2nd, her phone began ringing nonstop. And then the mayor called me and the mayor said, hey, we need you to do this. Um, get ready to run. And, and so, you know, it, it's really hard to say no to the, the, the mayor when she's asking you to run for a position um, and asking you to work with her on something. Meanwhile, 7th Ward Alderman Jack Coder was preparing to welcome his first child and eyeing a run in the new 8th Ward. Timing, uh, you know, obviously wasn't great for my family. My wife was almost, she was eight months pregnant when we decided to do this. Um, but but I saw an opportunity and, I, and there's a leadership vacuum at the board and I think I'm uniquely positioned to fill it. Reed and two other former aldermen have admitted they accepted cash and gifts in exchange for helping a developer get incentives. They'll be sentenced in December. Both Green and Coder say the scandal shows the city needs to revamp its development process. Whoever wins won't have very long to pass such a plan or any other part of their agenda. The legislative session ends April 17th, but because of winter break and campaign season, that amounts to just 11 meetings. That campaign season includes the race for a full term as board president. And aldermen have a lot of work to do in those 11 meetings. There are dozens of bills to debate, covering everything from speed humps to large development projects to spending the last of the city's American Rescue Plan Act allocation. Green wants to boost employee recruitment and retention by using the funds for programs like child care subsidies or home buying assistance. We have to be more strategic than we have been. You know, the the first round of ARPA funds that we spent really ended up sort of being this hodgepodge of, you know, anything and everything that that folks wanted to see put into that bill. Coder says the money should be spent on brick and mortar projects like street repair or traffic calming. He also wants the board to look deeper into how the city is doing its spending that first round. The almost $200 million that we appropriated last July, July of 2021, we were told it's life and death. you got to appropriate this money right now. We did it. As we sit here today, 15 million of those dollars have been spent. And I just think that's shameful. One thing the aldermen must do, get ready to operate as a body of 14. Everything from the committee structure to the number of votes for a majority to the way certain taxes are distributed is based on having 28 aldermen. Coder says he is better equipped to handle the negotiations that will have to take place. In my time at the board, have 
we you know, develop very close and strong relationships with my colleagues, North and South, and have their respect. Um, and, and, and that's something I think where me and my opponent differ. Not that she's not respected, but she has a much more difficult time sometimes getting along and building consensus. Green says she and other progressives were simply given no chance. We had a president and a few of his allies that just wanted to make sure that progressives, no matter what, could not be successful at the board and were intent in doing business in a way that was not in the benefit of the people. Both agree that the board will need more staff. Green also wants to make Alderperson a full-time position. Midterm elections mean a more expensive campaign, and that's where Coder has the biggest advantage. Recent campaign finance reports show him with more than four times the amount of money available to spend. But Green actually came in first in the September primary, despite being at a similar financial disadvantage. Her fundraising strategy is a point of pride. I really think this race boils down to being the people versus special interests. People want to see change, and they want to see a St. Louis that works for everyone. Coder also wants St. Louis to work for everyone. For him, that means addressing the nuts and bolts first. We just view the world and the, the role of local government very differently. We are people's first contact with government. We get the calls every day about the potholes, about the trash. We've got to get that stuff right. Polls open November 8th at 6 a.m. I'm Rachel Lipman, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.